London, England, 5.13 a.m. Tendrils of crimson dawn touched the Thames and turned the river to blood as it heralded a new day. The city was quiet, a magical place at this time when millions of people lay still in their beds. The ancient buildings rested before another crazy morning in the maelstrom that was London. A ray of light caught the face of Big Ben as its hands ticked each second past, marking another cycle in the city. A block away, between Westminster and Soho, pigeons picked at the remnants of last night's revelry in Trafalgar Square, overlooked by the grand façade of the National Gallery. A black cab curved past St. Martin in the Fields Church, heading towards the Mall and down towards Buckingham Palace. It swooshed through a puddle, and muddy water sprayed up onto the pavement as it passed. The air was chill. The night had not yet left. The square was still in shadow as a squeak of wheels pierced the air. A man in a high-visibility orange jacket pushed his rubbish cart between the fountains under the shadow of Nelson's column. As he wheeled the cart through the square, he picked up litter with a slow stoop and glide— Sandwich wrappings, a lost teddy bear, flyers for the next activist march, the discarded flotsam of the city. He had seen it all over the years since immigrating here, but the treasures people threw away still surprised him. Back in India, most of this would be reused and even sold on. But he would never see his homeland again now. Sweat beaded on the man's brow, dripping down into the deep lines around his eyes. He whispered a mantra, over and over, as he took those final steps, his lips forming and reforming the sacred words. Security cameras, ever watchful, tracked his progress across the square. But his cart had a Westminster City Council logo on the side, and he wore the uniform of a street cleaner so he remained unseen. This was the city of many faces, and his brown features were nothing special here in London, a place he called home. No matter now, though. The gods called for blood, and he had been chosen. He inhaled the cool air and looked up at the bronze lions guarding Nelson's column, their regal faces composed as they stared back. A skeletal horse stood high above him on the fourth plinth of the square, the modern sculpture on this spot changing over time to reflect the shifting city allegiances. A jaunty bow tied around the horse's front leg displayed the electric lights of the stock exchange ticker tape that ran around it. Its sparse ribcage reminded the man of home, the dried bones that washed up on the shore after floods. At least his family would never go hungry again after this. He wheeled his cart closer to one of the fountains and looked at his watch. One more minute. The man bent and put his hands into the water. The coolness on his skin calmed his mind, and he splashed some on his face as he whispered a final prayer. He looked up to the sky to see the last stars of night fading into the dawn and smiled. It was still a beautiful world. Perhaps in his next life, he would return to this great city in a different guise. The man turned back to his cart, 
lifted the lid of the bin, reached in, and pressed a button. There was a moment of stillness when a shimmer seemed to hang in the air. Then the light exploded. The bomb blast echoed around Westminster, the impact immediately destroying both fountains and blasting a hole in Trafalgar Square. The giant marble column topped with Nelson's statue shattered. The proud bronze lions melted in the blast, and the memorial plaques made from enemy cannon tumbled into the crater. As the echo from the blast died, the shrill sound of sirens broke the air. Alarm bells went off in every building in central London as Buckingham Palace and the Houses of Parliament went into lockdown. Above the sound of panic, the chop-chop-chop of a helicopter drew closer.